guys, welcome back to Your Anarchy. This is your host, Ekta, and I have such amazing guests today. This brand is just absolutely phenomenal. I'm sure all of you have heard about it. Um, and I'm just so excited to be talking to both co-founders of the brand and just being able to learn um, from them. So without further ado, I want to introduce you guys to Dr. Brent Ridge and Josh Kilmer Purcell, who are the co-founders of Beekman 1802. Welcome to the show, uh, Brent and Josh. I'm so, so honored to host both of you. Oh, we're Hi. so excited to be here. We love listening to uh, your episodes. And, uh, you know, I, you probably don't do too many interviews with two people on it. So we'll try not to talk over each other as we are. Oh, I'm going to talk over you, to do. <laughs> Just like that. <laughs> That's not a problem. No, it's not a problem at all. I think, you know, it, it's it's more the merrier, right? So I, I'm very happy that you're both here. I want to I wanna get started. Maybe, um, you know, Brent or Josh, whichever one of you wants to start, just get, get us started on the on the you know the journey and how this all began because you know it, i'm not gonna lie beekman is turning into one of my all-time favorite brands <laughs> so oh i want to know everything about it yeah oh my gosh yeah we'll give you the whole backstory so um brent and i we are a couple we're we're not the beekman brothers as some people like to refer to us um but we we met in 2000 in new york city brent was a physician um he worked for martha stewart in her health and wellness division uh, I worked in advertising and, and wrote several books. Um, and we were dr- driving in upstate New York in 2006 and found this farm in this tiny little town called Sharon Springs. And we fell in love with this farm. We bought it. We got a letter in our mailbox from a, a man named Farmer John. He was a neighbor who was losing his farm and he had 80 goats and nowhere to bring them. And he said, can I move on to your farm with my goats? So he, he moved in. And we say that was the original act of kindness that set the course for Beekman 1802. Because kindness is the DNA of the company. Um, because he moved in. And then in 2008, we both lost our jobs in the city in the recession. And we had to figure out how we were going to save the farm. Because now we not only had the farm, but we had a farmer and, you know, 100 homeless goats. And so we Googled what we could make with goat milk. And we um, saw that we could make goat milk soap. And so first started making the bars of soap and giving them out to our neighbors in our little community of Sharon Springs, New York. And they kept coming back and telling us that it was really helping with their skin conditions. Um, The the goat milk was like super moisturizing and hydrating. And um, so we, they, they really like just started telling us how amazing the goat milk was. And so the deeper that I went into the history of goat milk and, you know, learned that had been used for so many, you know, thousands of years, particularly for people who had really dry skin or really sensitive skin. um, I was just fascinated by it because I've always been interested in folk remedies anyway, even as a practicing physician, I was always interested in what people, you know, tried themselves at home. Um, And I always felt that if anything has stood the test of time for that long, thousands of years, there had to be something to it. Some science. And we also, you know, we have had the the great fortune of having traveled quite a bit in our lifetimes. And every single country we've ever been to, you know, we always go to farmer's markets and and things like that. And there's always somebody selling goat milk soap. So, I mean, like the world over. Everybody knows how amazing goat milk is as an ingredient for skincare and body care, but like there was no major brand that was that was using it as a key ingredient. And because really no one had stopped to think, well, why is this used by so many people and for so many years? 
And so that's when I kind of put my doctor's hat back on and said, okay, let's, let's try to get down to the root of this. And so because we started out in cleansing with the soap, um, you know, first we, you know, learned that goat milk had the same pH as human skin. And so when you're cleansing with it, it doesn't disturb the acid mantle of the skin. It keeps your barrier, the skin barrier intact. And that's why so many people who had skin issues when they first started cleansing with the goat milk soap noticed that almost immediate improvement because every time they were cleansing, which for most people is every day, they were historically disturbing their barrier. But now after one use with the goat milk soap, they weren't disturbing their barrier any longer. And that's, that's why people are having that immediate um, effect. And then yeah. as we got more and more to developing cleansers, then we started doing more and more research about the goat milk and the microbiome and ultimately landing on how the sugars in the goat milk can actually serve as nourishment for the skin's natural microbiome and help keep that microbiome of the skin. Oh my God, healthier. Brian, you're totally nerding out. You're just speaking <laughs> no, out. No, I, I love it though. I'm a doctor too, so I get it. <laughs> I know that. Oh, okay, I know that. Okay. That's why I love your okay, podcast. Okay, let me translate for everyone then. <laughs> Yogurt for your gut, goat milk for your skin. It's the same as you guys know. That's the simple way to put it. Yes. Yes. No, I, you know what? It's, it's so interesting. You guys said um, about the, uh, you know, different countries and people know the benefits of goat milk, because I'm not going to lie to you guys. And this might sound super crazy, but when I, I was born in India and my mother and um, my grandmother, actually, they used goat milk for um, bathing. Mm-hmm. And so for children, they would in rural India and in the villages of India, what's done is that they're bathed with um, either goat milk or, you know, there's like different um, certain certain animals, you know, that you can use their milk, but goat is definitely one of them. And they would, I remember they would bathe me with that and then put honey on top because it was just the thing to do. And so I know exactly what you guys are talking about. This is definitely a, you know, multicultural thing that people yeah. have been definitely practicing. Yeah. And they did it for years because, it, you know, the honey was a natural antiseptic and, yeah. you know, the, the goat milk was just great for microbiome. They've been doing it forever, but nobody ever really knew why. And it's so interesting that you pointed out those two ingredients, the goat milk and the honey, because those are the two ingredients that um, you do see everywhere in the world, like used in skincare products. It doesn't matter where you are. You're, you're going to find goat milk and honey products for the skin. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I have, so my question here really is like, um, you know, I know you guys started with the soap and, and that's a beautiful place to start because I absolutely love all of your soap products, like cleanser products. They're just phenomenal. And I'm definitely on board with the, you know, you do notice your skin stabilizing, you know, I think that's the best word is like this stability comes to your skin when you're using something that's supposed to be at the right pH. And so, but then what about like hair care and stuff? Cause I know you guys have so many um, phenomenal products. So like, what, what did you find about the hair health aspect? Well, we always say that good hair starts with a healthy scalp. So yeah. we always try to, to bring things back into the microbiome of the skin. Um, and we always say that the hair is the, uh, the, the scalp is the garden for the hair. So if you don't have a healthy scalp, you're never going to have the possibility of having really great, strong, healthy hair. You can put, you know, products on your hair to make it temporarily shiny or, you know, have to really more volume, but true healthy hair starts with having the healthy scalp. And so again, back to that same thing that goat milk is going to help nourish that microbiome of the scalp. Makes sense. That makes a lot of 
sense. So, okay, so take us, you know, I, I kind of jumped ahead and I'm sorry. I, I just want to know, like, also um, just the journey of like the business side of things, right? Because you guys mentioned that, you know, there was a problem with, you know, job loss during that time and you guys had to really figure it out. So what was it like, you know, really getting the brand off the ground and then funding and all of that stuff? Like, what was the whole journey behind that? Oh my goodness. Well, you, all of your listeners have to realize this is a 12 year journey. So we probably mm-hmm. don't have uh, all it's, the time to do it, but we'll give you it is the, the longest the, overnight success ever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll, we'll give you the, we'll give you the abridged version. But you know, when we first started out, as we said, we'd lost our job. So everything was on a shoestring trying to, to get the company up and going. And, you know, this was 12 years ago and um, we learned how to very quickly code our own website this was before there were tools that helped you like Shopify that helped you set up a website. We learned how to take product photography. We learned, you know, like everything about pricing and profit margins. Like we, we taught ourselves everything to do it ourselves. But again, and so we like to say we were the very first DTC beauty brand, but this was 12 years ago. So nobody was making money on DTC beauty 12 years ago. And mm-hmm. so we, we quickly learned that we needed to try to grow our audience and so um, what I did was I started cold calling um, on department stores in New York City. Um, and I went to um, Bloomingdale's, I went to Saks Fifth Avenue, I went to Barney's, Bergdorf Goodman, and um, Henry Bindle, which sadly no longer exists, um, but they were the first to give us a shot. And um, their beauty buyer said, well, you know, it's coming up on the holiday season. We will give you a three by three foot spot on our first floor. And if you can be here every single day for the next eight weeks, um, we will see how the customer responds to your product. And of course I said, yes, I'll do it. Now keep in mind the farm is about a three and a half hour drive to the city. So Brent would load up the truck every morning at like 2.30 in the morning and drive to the city, unpack, set up like self on the floor the entire day and then come home that, you know, that night and, and restock everything and go back down the next day. Um, yeah. for, um, I did it for eight weeks and two really important things kind of materialized out of that. Well, um, you learned how to, you learned how to sell product. Oh, we I did. Because like, the salespeople yeah. were phenomenal at Bindle. Um, but also um, there was someone who, um, who passed through from Vogue magazine and at the time, you know, it was right after the recession, the whole fashion industry was, you know, um, uncertain. And, um, so, and Vogue was hosting this event called Fashion's Night Out, which was meant to like get everyone excited and out on the streets and celebrating, you know, fashion. And, um, and they asked if we would set up an activation at Henry Bindle for Fashion's Night Out. And so um, we said, of course, we'll do it. And so we actually, restyled the entire second floor of Bindle as our farm. We brought in baby goats. We brought in hay. We launched, we planned to launch a new product during the event. And it was a huge success. That first first fashion side out, like, I mean, thousands and thousands of people crowded onto Fifth Avenue for that event. And one of the really important people who happened to pass through Bindle during our event was the buyer from Anthropology. And, um, and they said, oh, we love this story and we love, you know, kind of the craftsmanship and the detail that you put into your product. We would love to bring you into anthropology. And so anthropology became our first, our first nationwide retailer. And then I think our, our very first big break after that um, was uh, we were invited to 
appear on a television shopping network called Evon. It was the number three television shopping network. Um, and it, and we started with our TV retail journey, which has been super rewarding. Um, and we've grown, of course, now we're HSN and QVC. Um, but it's been a really organic growth every step of the way. And I, yeah. you know, I, you talk to a lot of uh, beauty founders, founders, and entrepreneurs, and so so many brands just come up overnight. And and you know, good for them. That's like, that is a business model. But like we we wanted to make sure we had proof of concept before we ever even dreamed of going out for funding. That's right. right. Because for the first you know decade, um, we were all self financed. So every penny that we made went back into the research, went back into the product development. Um, and so we, you know, we really bootstrapped it for over a decade. Uh, and it wasn't until the end of last year that we took on our first investor. So, uh, and I think that gave us a really good foundation because so many people who take on investment too early, um, they are encouraged to grow at all costs and they don't really um, create a good foundation for their product line or a good uh, foundation with their customer base. Yeah, but maybe 12 years is too long. Oh yeah. We, Somewhere we between zero and 12 years is probably right. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. No, but you know what though? Here's the thing that it, for me, that's not a deterrent. Anyway, that, that's something that I think it really comes down to like doing your homework and doing something right. You know, it's like anyone, like you said, you know, anyone can bring up a brand in like overnight, but if you don't have the quality there, you're not going to have this like legacy, right? Like, it's like, you have to, you have to create something that's, it's more than just five products that are, you know, overnight success and all the TikTokers love it and, you know, blah, blah, blah. It, it, it has to be quality. And that's what I really, you know, it, it, that's my segue into asking you guys about this beautiful range of products you have because you guys have skincare, body care. Um, you have, you know, so much, just so much to offer as a brand. So, um, you know, really maybe Brent, you could address this question. Um, my big curiosity is around the idea of formulating with goat's milk and formulating it with other ingredients, you know, that we might want. Like, you know, I know that um, hyaluronic acid is a big thing in the skincare world and, you know, these, these core ingredients, right? So how is, how was that journey? Like incorporating um, something like a milk product with other um, more aqueous uh, solutions. Yeah, you're absolutely right. You know, the, the, we say the two key ingredients in every product uh, we do is the goat milk and kindness. Um, mm -hmm. And what's interesting about goat milk when we're formulating with it, well, even as we started to grow, we had to figure out a way to use the goat milk, um, which is our most precious ingredient, um, in the most efficient way. So how could we um, uh, get the most nutrients out of it and not waste a single drop of it. So um, about uh, four years into our company, um, we started working with another company who could um, hydrolyze the goat milk into its powdered form. And once we started doing that, um, but still in, in that process, still maintained the, the lipids and the oligosaccharide structures in the milk, um, it became a lot easier for us to formulate using um, the goat milk. And, you know, goat milk, in addition to all the things we've said, and, you know, your, your mom and grandmother bathing in it in India, goat milk is um, known as the universal milk. And what that means is that it doesn't matter what type of mammal you may be trying to nourish, goat milk is the universal milk that any mammal can tolerate. And goat milk is very similar in structure to human milk. 
And so um, the, uh, the hypothesis that we work off of is that because your skin recognizes goat milk as something that your own body would naturally produce, your skin's first response to it is not to mount a defense. Like it's what the skin is built to do is keep things out. Your skin's like, okay, I'm, I'm, I understand what this is. I don't need to mount an inflammatory response to keep it out. And so when we embed even our more active ingredients, um, like the hyaluronic acid, like vitamin C into the goat milk, uh, your skin becomes more receptive to it because of goat milk as the delivery system. Wow. That's really, I really like that. I really like that the goat milk is the delivery system. Yeah. Because, you know, that makes actually more sense to me, Brent, than um, a lot of brands say things like, oh, we have this like lipo something technology that delivers things into your skin. And I'm like, why? You know, right. like, you I'm going to, I'm not the science person here, but I'm going back to my analogy, you know, like you can take probiotics in a capsule or you can take probiotics in yogurt and knows that it's better in yogurt because the probiotics are, are feeding off of the sugars in the milk. So it really, it does come down to that, that sort of, you know, common sense of what the goat milk can do with the other ingredients. Yeah. And how do you keep the skin from mounting it's defense and you know, the defense is what's keeping everything out. So how can you um, diminish the skin's ability or the desire to do that when you're applying your product? Right, no, absolutely. And you know, also I, I, one thing that I found to be really interesting that you said, Brent, and I don't know if it was um, Brent, but it, one of you said it, it was uh, about the idea of goat milk having the right sugars in it and mm-hmm. that's so cool that you said that because my father is actually a lifelong you know he, he's a md phd but he dedicated his life to research and you know etc cetera, etc cetera. and his um area of focus when he was right he wrote a book um in his phd and it was about like dairy products right and like the real you like the real molecular stuff that's happening with dairy-based products and one of the things that that book and this is a very old book this is like 50 60 years old and even back then they were finding that the the bacteria that the um what do you call it, byproducts that they're creating on your skin are actually just they're things that are creating like problems for your skin barrier right they're gonna like eat up whatever is around there because the the things that the bacteria secrete are not all good so when you're putting something on your skin that's already giving them the sugars that should be you know on your skin and not going to react with it that's huge you know that's a really huge uh step yeah so so we have so many connections it's kind of eerie (laughs) but um but you're, you're absolutely right and that really Uh, Your father was, you know, way ahead of his time because it's really only in the past few years where people have started to understand the microbiome ecosystem on the skin. And it's not a matter, you know, the thinking used to be, oh, well, if you have an acne flare up, it's because one type of bacteria is over proliferating. And that is the case, or you're having psoriasis flare up. You can, you can find certain types of over proliferation of a bacteria in psoriasis, but it's not because that bacteria just, you were exposed to it somewhere and it just got on your skin and caused that problem is because the balance of all of the other bacteria on your skin is what keeps all the bacteria in check. And ultimately the overgrowth of any one type of bacteria of any type can be deleterious because it needs to be in balance. And so by feeding the, the, the microbiome, the sugars in the goat milk, 
the idea is that you're nourishing all the bacteria so they stay in balance. It keeps the ecosystem in balance. And then you don't have these perturbations where one bacteria that can secrete deleterious um, postbiotics. Um, oh my God, that is the happen. most syllables in one sentence that I've ever heard. <laughs> like deleterious? Oh I mean, I'm a writer, Brent. And, uh, Our listeners are going like, to be begging me to have you back on specifically, Josh, because you're the funniest. I love it. <laughs> No, well, you know, I mean, but it does highlight it does highlight an issue. Um, it's a really complex, uh, really complex issue. The microbiome on your skin. People are trained. Customers are trained to think I just need to put vitamin C on my skin. I just need to put hyaluronic acid on my skin, or it needs to burn in order to work. Right. They yeah. think of their skin as like some wall that needs to be painted with an ingredient, and it, you know it's really a living wall that changes every day. So yeah. when people talk about like I found my skin regime and it's like that was your regime for the day your regimen for the day that's not your regimen forever but if you're feeding your microbiome your your microbiome stays healthier and your skin adapts to whatever its need is on any given day one day you're exposed to more pollution one day you're wearing makeup you know one day you're cleaning your house it's it's not a simple idea to get across the customer yeah it's complex Yes, that is actually, you know, you, you guys mentioned a lot of like really like just heavy topics when it comes to science right there, because that's very true. And the more and more literature I read, the more I realize how true what you guys are saying is, is this idea of, you know, your skin will adapt, you know, it's a living organ. And so, yeah, you know, if you put, you know, one product on your skin or one series of product for a week, your skin's going to be like, okay, I've had enough of this. I'm not really used, you know, I'm, it's whatever now. It's, you have to constantly be checking in and making sure that you're adapting as your skin adapts. So I 100%, 100% agree with you. Um, You know, one of the biggest things though is like really the selling point around milk-based or anything, you know, any products like this. Like how has that been for you guys in terms of consumer feedback and like people's receptive uh Reception to it because for me, you know, I'm not gonna lie, goat milk for me is just it's a natural thing, you know, like I gravitate towards it, but there's a lot of people who it might be a little foreign to them, you know. So how's that been in terms of the business end? Well, it's you know, it actually has been surprisingly easier than maybe some other ingredients. Um, you know, even like if you think of something like CBD, um, yeah. you know, that's a completely new idea to a lot of people, whereas so many people have heard about goat milk soap before. So it's not that great of a leap for them to think, oh, there must be more opportunities to use goat milk on my skin because it's been used in soap. Um, so it's not a foreign ingredient to people. Um, so we really haven't had that much. No, I think the great, greater challenge is that people kind of divide skincare into two categories. Like this is natural and this is scientific. Um, when in, in reality, something not, you know, everything natural is, is a, you know, a, a complex combination of different chemicals. So it's uh, science. It's yeah. science. <laughs> yeah. It's science. Yes. <laughs> and it, it, so I think that's maybe one of the bigger issues with consumers is they think that if a, if a brand leaves, leads with the chemical ingredients, that it must somehow be more advanced for your skin. And that's just not true. Are you show me a sign you can make goat milk in a lab and, and I'll believe you. No, you know, it's so, I, I love, and I'm sorry for interrupting you, Josh, but you're so right because I have this conversation, I kid you not, literally every day with people, you know, the, it started with the whole organic thing, right? And everyone's like, oh, organic, this, organic, that, that just means carbon. And, you know, then they 
about, well, we have natural skincare. I'm like, everything in nature is science. Everything. You know, if you go down to the like real nitty gritty of it, every single thing is working off of what we call fractals, you know, mm. and that, yeah, as I'm yeah. sure you Every, everything is a chemical. And I think that, I think, yes, I think we've been around long enough that we have been through all of these various marketing cycles, you know, whether it's natural, you know, organic, clean, um, you know, so we, we see how it kind of, they, they ramp up and then they become commonplace and then it's on to the next thing. And a lot of times, whether you're talking about natural or clean beauty, there's no real standard, you know, to that. They just become marketing terms. And so that's why we're really um, diligent at trying to figure out what is going to be a standard for um, defining something as safe or friendly for the microbiome of the skin. And that's not something that we want to be exclusive to us. We want everybody to have a standard that everyone can measure their product against, formulate product against, um, so that we, so every product in the world can be friendly to the microbiome. Um, that, that would be our, our ultimate goal, but we are really working really hard as we grow our brand to support people, scientists who are developing standards um, that everybody can yeah. use. So we don't fall into the same, you know, confusion about clean and natural again. Yeah. Yes. No, I love that. I really love that. And I, you know, hats off to both of you for doing that because we need more founders and doctors and, you know, entrepreneurs that think like you guys, because this has become just this rapidly growing movement of just BS. You know what I mean? And it's just someone needs to stop it because you know everything we just talked about I, I completely agree and I think it's great that you're speaking out about that I mean you know my biggest thing is though that when it comes to products you know I try to encourage people find your routine right find your find what works for you so when it comes to um just recommending you know to your consumers like if someone were to walk up to you and say you know Brent tell me about what I need. I have great skin already. I just want to maintain it. Like, what would you tell that person in terms of what products they can go to in your line um, that are just, you know, great staples to have in your collection? Mm -hmm. Yep. Well, I would say any of our cleansers, whether they're for the body or the face, are the, the best place to start because most of the time, particularly people with, you know, problematic skin of any sort, a lot of the times it can be traced back to how they're cleansing their skin, particularly um, exacerbations of their skin problem. So I would say, even if you think you have, you know, your skin problems under control, really look at how you're cleansing your skin. So always start with the cleanser. And then um, the really the revolutionary product in our line is the bloom cream. And um, the reason it's revolutionary is because not only is it this great lightweight moisturizer, um, and every, almost everybody uses a moisturizer of some sort. Um, but it also has that extra benefit of having the goat milk oligosaccharides and the probiotic ferment um, and the colostrum in it. So it really is about nourishing the microbiome so that over time, your microbiome becomes healthier, your skin becomes healthier. So, so those two yeah. are like- Those the, are like the, the starting like that's That's the, the standard, you know, your cleanser, your, your basic moisturizer. And I would say if somebody came up and said, like, here's my skin, I would say, well, describe your skin on its best day and describe your skin on its worst day, because that's the range of how your skin is going to react. So your cleanser and your moisturizer, you know, are going to be, you know, your, your safe, basic things that you start with. But then we'll start talking about the other ingredients that you need 
during that range of when is your skin feeling and looking great and when is it feeling and looking bad and why? Mm -hmm. Yeah, we really do believe in education and we want the customer to find the product that their, that their skin needs and also the product that they enjoy using because uh, how many of us out there have drawers full of product that we bought and then they just sit in the drawer because we don't, we don't get joy out of using them. Um, so we want to certainly you know, have products that people enjoy using um, and, and, and try to pare back the amount of product that they're using. And, you know, yeah. in term, when it comes to education, you know, we have our three estheticians, licensed estheticians, and everyone, no matter who you are, you can get a free, completely free 15 minute skincare consultation with our estheticians. Um, where they, you know, preferably you do it over Zoom or FaceTime so they can actually see your skin, but some people do it over the phone too. Um, and you can schedule those right from our, our website on the homepage. Um, and they will go through all the products that you're currently using, what skin issues you're having, and then um, figure out if something from Beekman can help you, um, can it integrate into the routine that you already love, um, or can you pair back on something that you're already using? We always say we're, we're not. Or they'll a, even say another 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 product. brand. Yeah, yeah we're, another brand. we always say we're not a super competitive brand. Like we don't look at some other brand and say, oh, we we want to steal their customer because, as you know, Ekta, the world of beauty is enormous, and there are more than enough. Even with all the beauty brands that have proliferated over the last five years, there are enough customers for skincare and beauty products. Um, so we don't need to be cutthroat in our competition. Our goal really is to make people's skin healthier. And we think that by educating people, by working on the quality of the product and, and with, the, with the goat milk ingredients, that we can do that. And then we're going to be rewarded because we have helped people. We don't, we don't, uh, and so we want people to always have the product that works best for them, whether it's our product or someone else's product. We can, we can, work, we can play well together. Well, it's like, and it's also like, you know, when you're, you have a solid brand, you have nothing to hide, right? It's like people, like, I feel like they just get so like, um, you know, just, I don't know, they, they get very secretive about things, you know, when it comes to like newer brands or whatnot. But I mean, you're, the transparency um, of what you guys just described is, is, is a huge selling point for me when I think about it as a consumer, because, you know, I want to be able to know that the brand I'm, I'm you know, investing in then buying and, and using every single day, like should, you know, the founders and people behind the brand should be open to helping me adapt, right? And helping me figure out what's best for my skin health. And that's something I don't see enough of in this industry. I'm not going to lie. Like, you know, you guys are probably like, you know, just one of the few that I've talked to uh, in terms of brands that are doing that because, it, you know, consumers are confused for a reason. And if you don't give them access to knowledge and education, like you guys already mentioned, like they're never going to figure out what's right for their skin. So I really commend you both for being so open-minded and being so open to your consumer base, you know, in terms of just helping everybody find the right thing. You literally just sent chills that's, that's down so my nice. arm because super kind. that's, that's super <laughs> And we, that's what we always say. We want to approach everything with kindness and we want people to, um, to be educated and make the educated decision and, and, um, and, and just feel, and feel good, good about what they're using. So much about the industry is about scaring people into using something else or, you know, using their own thing. And if you're scared of your skin, it's never going to be good. Yeah. 
yeah if you're scared to like touch it or put anything on it that's not a good sign <laughs> like, yeah. yeah yeah now now i want to ask you guys i know you recently hired a new ceo jill i want to yeah. learn how did you guys uh make that decision because she's she's a rock star on her own so oh I, jill yeah have you ever interviewed her no, I wanted I wanted to actually do a second interview with Beekman to have her on as well, just because I've heard such great things about her. So I want to learn yeah. from you guys. <laughs> yeah, she she is a rock star, you know, working at Shiseido and she launched Prada Beauty and like just a bare, real bare total. Yeah. yeah, bare metal. Really, really industry veteran. And we had gotten to that point in um, the development of our company now that we're, you know, um, you know, the, we're, we're the number one beauty brand on HSN and on QVC. And, you know, we were the number one launch at Ulta Beauty um, during the pandemic. Um, and, you know, we're just growing bigger than what Josh and I felt our capabilities to manage not only what we're trying to do with formulation and um, interaction with our neighbors, but the business side of things. We needed that expertise. And I think that's a real... Um, it's a real moment for any entrepreneur to understand when that point yes, is coming. To really understand what you know and what you don't know. That's right. And we, we didn't we and, didn't know the ins and outs of the greater beauty industry. And, um, and yeah, Jill knows a lot more than we do. Yeah. And so we, <laughs> we, we, we knew and we knew what we didn't know when we knew that she knew it. Plus, she's amazing. She's just such an inspiration or work with CW and um, other charitable organizations. She's, and she, everybody looks at, everybody loves her. And she believes in kindness. Even, even on the days when I'm, I can't be my 100% most kind, Jill always seems to be. I kind. know she is. Yeah. You guys are just, I just love your whole team. It just feels right. You know, it's, it's a very different thing when you have a brand that just feels right on a lot of different levels. And I, I think those 12 years, you know, as much as we were laughing about it earlier, I mean, it shows, you know, you guys have built something that is going to stand the test of time. And that is just extraordinary. I love it. So I'm glad that you, you brought on Jill. I'm so excited to see, um, you know, what's coming up next. And that's really my, my big question is what is coming up next? for Beekman. I mean, you guys have any products um, in development? I know that there's a new mist that was re recently launched. So I would love to learn about um, any new things that are in the works. Yep. We just launched our, our new product called the Milkshake. Um, yep. And uh, it's a great biphasic toner and moisturizer in one, a moisturizing mist in one. And um, so it's got, you know, the goat milk, of course, but it's also got the mugwort for the toning. Um, and the squalane and the hyaluronic acid for the extra moisture. And what's unique about it is that you shake it to activate it before every use. Um, so it becomes almost customizable. So if you need like a really intense moisture and you really want to get those oils activated and squalane activated, you really shake it intensely. And then if you just need like a little light mist to like set your makeup or give it a little refresh during the day, you give a little gentle shake to it. Uh, but every time you use it, you shake to activate it to um, to customize the application. Um, and that has you know, that just launched like in the, two weeks ago. And it's been um, uh, really uh, well received. And, you know, of course, we have our brand new collaboration that we're doing with Bridgerton, um, the, the Netflix show Bridgerton. Um, and what's great about having the ability to work with kind of a global um piece of content like Bridgerton is that, of course, it brings a lot of new eyeballs into the world of Beekman. Yeah. And by doing that, it allows us to educate so many more people. 
So of all the people around the world who are you know, huge fans of Bridgerton, rightly so, um, because it, it's so well done, um, now they're like, oh, what is, what is this goat milk soap? What's, mm-hmm. what's the power of goat milk? So it really just gives us a much bigger platform to have these important discussions that we've just been having. I love that. And I love that you're doing um, a partnership with such a major show that people are really like getting into because you're right, you know, half the battle is really getting the word out and getting the word out about the right brands. I mean, that's been for me even like, you know, a really big struggle with this podcast is people have like, you know, often criticized like my show because they're like, actually, nobody gives a crap about all the molecular science and all the stuff you talk about. I'm like, yes, they do. Damn it. (laughs) They really do. course we do but i think the the consumer the the really great thing about the clean beauty movement um, that has happened really intensely over the past five years is that the consumer has become much more educated about ingredients which is a good thing but because of social media and kind of the soundbite nature the headline nature of social media communication that has also led to a lot of confusion because you're being bombarded with so many messages mm-hmm. every day. So even though we were more superficially educated, um, there's also a lot more room for confusion. So I think as an industry, we all need to work to figure out how do we harness the powers of social media to educate in the right way. Right. And absolutely. And you know what, Josh, I have a very specific uh, question for you because I want to know about the male consumer market for Beekman because honestly, the brand is just so beautifully designed and it's so easy to like kind of just incorporate right onto your, your bathroom sink. And it doesn't look flashy and like, you know, in that way, but it's just elegant. So how has that been like reaching male consumers and getting them on board with this idea of really good skin health and, you know, getting their feedback because, you know, I'm not going to lie. Like a lot of um, the people that reach out to me are men, like, you know, in terms of like people who want advice and, you know, I'm just curious uh, from your perspective, how that's been in terms of marketing them. It's such a a huge growing segment of the skincare market. And um, I, I can't take credit that it was anything super purposeful that we did. We never really thought of gender. Um, when we were developing products or developing our packaging or anything, because yes, everybody's skin is different and male skin is you know different than female skin. But at the end of the day, it's all about skin health. So when we design things, we design it and formulate it to be gender neutral. And I think maybe that's why we've gotten yeah a, a bigger male audience. Yeah, right now, brands. yeah, right now our um, our demographic is eighty percent female and twenty percent male. Um, mm-hmm. Is pretty, you know, that that uh, amount of male um, customers is pretty large by beauty industry standards. Because males mm-hmm. haven't typically been more consumptive of beauty products. And I, and, you know, jumping off of what Josh said, I think because we started with cleanser, I think men are much yeah, more that's... receptive and understanding of okay, I'm going to use a cleanser that doesn't strip yeah. my skin somehow. I think that is a key point of difference because we started with with cleansing, which is like the most gender neutral product category in, in beauty. Um, we just never really thought about gender and skin. Mm-hmm. I love that. And I actually want to give you guys a little bit of feedback from my fiance because he oh. actually, from, from Robert. Yeah. He, he's a CFO of our company and he's um, very much involved in the back scene, you know, back 
seen stuff with us but he actually tried um the cleansing bars you know for his skin and i he just a little bit about robert he went through open heart surgery about a year and a half ago and so when we were going through the process of getting him back to you know up to speed and healed up and stuff um one of the things that i was doing was giving him a lot of like um like smoothies and stuff and he noticed there was a change in his skin right well he did the same thing he came to me one day and he's like hector my skin looks really good, <laughs> like, you know, after he was using your products. So like, you know, when, when he did that, that's where I really, I was like, I have to ask them about the male market because, you know, as just, you know, it's hard to get things out to men specifically. So, you know, th- this is something that I think, you know, everyone listening, if you have a husband or a friend or, you know, this is the brand to recommend really, because I think the the quality and the results speak for themselves. And I think men are more receptive to using brands that come in, you know, just an easier way to deal with things. Like, for example, you have the soaps and you have the bars and it's not like all that you know, jazz that a lot of companies have, right? That are more female marketed. So I, I really, really think that there's something here for sure, you know, for men. <laughs> oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah, we're glad to hear that. Thank you. And and you're right. I mean, I, I think it is a trend with both men and women to, to simplify their skincare reg- regimen. It's not, um, you know, it, guys have always liked sort of simple, like our shampoo bars and you know, just the bars of soap and all that, they've always liked that, but we find more and more women also, like, I just got to pair back and do something a little bit easier. I don't want my, my bath and my, my medicine cabinet full of stuff anymore. Yeah. And I think the other, more, more is not more when it comes to skincare. Yeah. I think the other thing too, with um, the, the male customer is, you know, all of our facial skincare products are fragrance free. Um, and I think that um, that's, that's appealing to men as well. I think, um, you know, yeah. men, like these fragrance on their face. Yeah, no, that's a huge one, actually. Yeah, Rob actually mentioned that. It's like, I like that it doesn't smell like like fume. <laughs> like, yeah. it doesn't... You know. Yeah, so that's huge. No, absolutely, I agree with you. And I think the um, ability to, like, uh, carry the products around easily is huge, too. Like, you know, you have products that are very easy to pop into, like, a travel bag, you know, or, like, whatever you're doing. And that all of those little details, like, they really add up. And I think, you know, the, the reason I'm just, like, harping on this this one question is because I, myself, am trying to figure out the male market when it comes to beauty products. Because I think, you know, we're at a juncture now where men are being left out you know and they're, they shouldn't be so I, I think this is a very important thing to understand right as like beauty entrepreneurs or just people in the industry like what can we do to really bring them closer to just practicing better skin health habits and I think your brand is definitely leading the way for that so um, you know huge happy you guys uh, in that aspect oh thank you and yeah and I think you know um, you know with what you're working on as Josh said cleansing is such an easy thing to get people into and just like Robert you know once you understand and you see oh there I can make a difference in my skin by doing something then you become much more likely to try something else um so that you got to open the door one way and uh the cleansing seems to be the way to open the door I love that. Well, the, you know, I, I love the brand. I Everyone loves the brand. Oh, and I didn't even mention, I was actually telling um, everyone listening, I was telling Brent and Josh before the episode started that my mother is obsessed with this line as well. I feel like I'm just mentioning my whole family at this point. You know, <laughs> everyone loves the line, damn it. Everyone. <laughs> my mom. Oh, I love that. I love that because we, we often hear that, you know, three, we've had up to four generations of people yeah. in a family all yeah. using 
the goat milk products. Um, and I think that just is, that just says so, so much about the power of the goat milk as an ingredient that it can help that wide range of age groups, genders. Um, it just, it, it just says something about that ingredient. So what's your mom's name? My name, mom's name is Raj. Raj. Oh, that's Hi, Raj. beautiful. Hi, Raj. I know she's listening. Uh, yes. <laughs> Yes, no, she's a huge fan, you guys. And she's, uh, you know, I was talking to um, a, a founder earlier. She's a, a beauty founder. And she was talking about how hard, you know, brown moms are to please in that validation aspect. And I, I remember my mother trying your products and she was like, oh, okay, you're, you are interviewing some quality brands, I see. I'm like, <laughs> hey, mom. You know? she's, a smart, she's a smart one. Yes, she is. She is. She's a huge fan as well. And, you know, I just want to say, like, you guys have a great, great, great brand. And you're right about the generational thing. You know, if it works, it works, right? I mean, at the end of the day, good products, good ingredients, good science is timeless. And, um, you know, we can't, there's nothing you can do from a marketing perspective, advertising perspective, that's going to ever cover up something or, you know, kind of like, put you know shades on and and ignore the quality aspect because that's going to always shine through so i think you know when i look at your line and i look at your what you, the work you've done here this is something that truly is timeless and it, you know it really shows so you know I'm, I'm a huge fan and everyone listening you know you guys need to go check out beekman 1802 if you have not already um you know just every product is great you know pick a place to start and just go from there that's my best advice when it comes to any skincare products but especially with such a you know, with a brand like this you want to try things and then just see how you go and pick out things as you need them so i urge everyone check out the website i'm going to link everything in the concept art for this episode and brett and josh you guys are just so amazing thank you so much for this opportunity oh, oh thank, thank you, you. Thank yes no it's been a lovely episode and i i would love to have you both back anytime that your schedule allows of course oh, we will Awesome. Well, thank you for listening, everyone. And uh, make sure to give us uh, some good ratings, five stars, hopefully on Apple Podcasts. And stay tuned for Thank you so much.